to the Be About Being Better podcast, where we help people make evidence-based, sustainable, small changes for their health that compounded the huge shifts towards a better, more vibrant life. I'm your host, Abby Stacier, a health and life coach, future registered dietitian, a master's graduate from Columbia University, and a certified intuitive eating counselor. And I believe that we can't make lasting or meaningful change single-handedly. So I'm so happy that you're here so that together you can see that a diet-free, sustainable lifestyle is possible. And you can leverage that to live a better life. And remember my disclaimer, this podcast is meant to give you general information and it's not meant to substitute or replace medical advice, a diagnosis, or service treatment. Hello, welcome back to the Be About Being Better podcast. And y'all, before we dive into anything, I just need to say a huge, huge thank you to, to everyone. I can't even tell you how many texts I got, how many DMs. When we launched the podcast recently, obviously, as, as y'all know, and we launched with our first four episodes all at one time. And I can't even tell you, like, it. the support that we've gotten for the show so far has been incredible, but better than I could have imagined. Thank you all so much for making this what it is. And thank you for the subscribes and, and the shares and the reviews. Like, thank you all so much. It really means a lot to me. And y'all know that the show is not easy for me to keep up with during my dietetic internship, but I am so motivated to support y'all, which is good because today we're going to be talking about motivation. So, so it's very fitting. I'm very motivated to make the show as best as it can be. We've gotten some questions already of things that you want to hear, episodes that that you want me to to record, topics you want me to talk about more, and um, that's been great. Keep keep those coming. And the best place to give us feedback on the show and how we can make it better and a better listening experience for y'all is to provide that feedback in our Facebook community. We got over a thousand people in that group. It's incredible. It's growing already. This is a, you know a like minded community of people that want to better themselves, their health, and just be overall happier and live a a better, more vibrant life. And we're all doing that together. So definitely go to the show notes, join that free Facebook group. We're always, you know, kind of taking a pulse. What do we like about the podcast so far? What do you want to hear? And that's the best place to put feedback about the show in. Um, And we also run free challenges in that group as well. So you'll be getting some coaching support and building community, as well as having a voice in shaping what this show looks like. And I've also gotten some texts too about different water filters that I should have. So thank you for that. Y'all know in episode two, I'm like choking on the water here in Tennessee. It's just, it's not taste good. I've been trying to add lemon to my water to kind of offset the heavy metal pharmaceutical taste, but um, it it really only does a minimal job. So I'm going to try one of those water filters that y'all suggested, and I will get back to you. I, you know, I really, living in Tennessee has been different than New York in a really positive way. I feel like I can really be myself here. People wear bright colors. They make eye contact with you. They, they ask you how your day is going. They're just very upbeat. They're very much like me. And I'm like, oh, this just feels so good. I feel so aligned here. Um, and it's different from New York in that way. Uh, but it's also the same in a few ways. <laughs> so I haven't told this story yet, but I'll tell it briefly here. Oh my God. So y'all know when I was living in New York, I dealt with a lot of critters in uh, in my apartment. My first apartment in New York was completely roach infested. Roaches were literally falling from the ceiling. And then I got bed bugs. Like, it was just the whole thing. And then, you know, we got rats all over the city. It's, it's disgusting. It's truly grotesque. 
So I thought that those days were over and I really thought we would be turning over a new leaf once I moved to Nashville. And those that know me, I know that you're, because you know how much I suffered with the bed bugs and the roaches. You're thinking, oh no, what is wrong with Nashville? What is up in this apartment? Y'all, so after our first weekend of moving in, Peter, my boyfriend, he moved with me for finally able to relax we're like okay we did so we just drove 14 hours uh, driving golly all over god's green earth trying to get to nashville finally get here we're in the nashville tennessee summer heat moving boxes on boxes and boxes and oh my god there's so much moving over the week because we really needed to settle in quickly because i needed to start my internship and get going so we took you know so long moving. We're exhausted. So it's like Sunday night. We're like, all right, let's just order takeout. We got the Wi-Fi set up. We have the TV set up. Let's just watch a movie. Let's relax. We can pick up packing tomorrow. But we've already done so much. All right, let's just take the night off. Let's relax. So it's like eight p.m. And we're like eating dinner, which is which is late for us. We finally sit down. We're like, oh, okay. And then all of a sudden, I hear, oh my. What is that? And then I find I see this little critter run across the living room. I'm like, oh my God. Freak out. There is a mouse in the house, y'all. I am like, oh my God. This is this cannot be happening. This cannot be happening to me. Um, we spent so long moving all of these boxes that we thought it ran into into the hallway, out of the apartment, thinking that it left. But no, it did not leave. As soon as we thought it did, all we, we hear this again coming from the pantry. I'm like, oh my God, it's in the bedroom, freaking out, starting to cry. We get him out of the pantry and he finally is out of the apartment now. So we're like, oh, okay, we can kind of rest easy. We'll figure this out. Um, at this point, we have all of our empty boxes now in the hallway, which is like as new tenants. We're like, okay, we don't want to be those people. So we move all the boxes to the other end of the complex, break them down put them, put them at the dumpster. And then we come back. I have to reheat our food because now it's like an hour later after this whole mouse ordeal and moving the boxes, uh, our food is called reheat the food. We sit down to watch the moving. <sighs> okay. We can relax. I'm like, Oh my God, not again. <laughs> I can't even, the mouse was back. And at first we were like, is this the same mouse? Is this a different mouse? Like, is our place completely in infested? Like, what is going on? We're freaking out. Um, oh my God. Anyway, it ended up running into one of the cabinets that, or one of the, yeah, one of the pantries that we can't open because it's with the HVAC. So it's like a utility closet. So it's like, we can't even do anything, but can't even open it to try and get him out. And clearly when we got him out last time, he found his way back in. So we just need to seal up the bottom of this HVAC in this utility closet. So that's what we did. We just taped it, but we're like, hopefully this does the trick. Finally, we needed to reheat the food again and <laughs> sit down. We were able to watch a movie, fell asleep after like 30 minutes because we were just completely exhausted, especially after this ordeal. So we just kind of taped that up and then we put a note in with maintenance to have them come by. Uh, <laughs> um, so that was very much an ordeal, but it hasn't been a problem since maintenance did come by the next day. And they said that, you know, he wasn't in there and, um, you know, we haven't seen a mouse since. So fingers crossed for us, y'all, that that was just an isolated incident and that there aren't any other 
little critters running around. No more Stuart, Stuart Little has officially left the building. Um, that, that is our hope that, that he has officially left. So I'll keep y'all posted on how that goes. But that was a very stressful experience. And so I'm happy that Nashville is, is different than New York in a lot of ways, but also a city is a city and sometimes you're just going to have extra roommates. <laughs> uh, so to dive into what we're talking about today, we're talking about how to stay motivated. This is probably one of the biggest questions that I get because y'all know we are so focused here at Be About Being Better on how to live a sustainable, healthy lifestyle. I don't want you to just be going through a sprint or a health kick. I want you to have a healthy lifestyle overall, something that you can maintain over the long term. So when we're talking about that, it's like, okay, what do I do? How do I continue to be healthy when my motivation dips, when it waxes and wanes? So the first thing I want to reassure you when it comes to motivation, this is normal. This waxing and waning, these dips in motivation, it's it's very normal and, and it's okay. And it's possible to still live a healthy lifestyle and still follow through on the goals that we set for ourselves, even when you're not feeling motivated. And it is possible to get your motivation back, get that fire back, get that, mo- that momentum back back in your life. And we'll talk about a few tips today on how to get that momentum back. Um, And we'll also cover how to get through the dips of motivation. How do you still continue the healthy lifestyle when you're not feeling super motivated? What do you do? And I want to preface this all by saying that, you know, it's, it becomes a balance with hustle culture you can still strive to hit goals and, and follow through on your commitments that you, that you set for yourself. You can be disciplined without burning yourself out, without pushing yourself or your body through extremes, without having it get to a point where it's toxic or excessive. Some of you might've heard the kind of expression that goes around that what you track improves. And, and that's true. And if you're tracking something and it's improving, that can give you a lot of momentum in your life and a lot of reinsurance. Hey, I'm heading in the right direction. What I'm doing is working. I'm seeing some positive change. Let me keep going with this. So it's important to give yourself metrics to track so you can see, am I improving? Am I going in the direction that I want to? So this is something that's commonly said. And we see this happen a lot with our finances. Once you start tracking your spending, once you start tracking what, how much you're saving, things of that nature. Your finances start to improve because you're bringing attention to it. You're bringing awareness to it. And coupled with that, you have the data to see, am I heading in the right direction or not? You can also do this, well, with any area of your life, but another example is you can track your workouts. Are you following through on that? Are you checking, checking that box? And if you say, I want to work out, four times a week or five times a week, whatever it is, I am I following through on that? You're checking the box. Now, where this gets a little dicey is that tracking so much data sometimes can lead us to have an unhealthy relationship with whatever we're tracking. And it can become, in some instances, obsessive. With the workouts, for example, it can lead to an unhealthy relationship with with exercise in terms of if you're tracking your workouts on an Apple watch, right? So a lot of people will 
you know, keep working out even when they're tired, even when they're fatigued, even when they know they need to be prioritizing other things, they'll still like force themselves to do the workouts to make sure that they're closing all of their rings all of the time. And they'll feel like a failure and they, they didn't move enough. They didn't do enough if they didn't close all of their rings or if they didn't keep that streak going, or they'll think to themselves that a workout doesn't count if they're not wearing their Apple watch. And that's where, you know, if we're tracking something, it can become an unhealthy relationship. It's kind of, we've gone past the point of motivating ourselves and being disciplined and trying to follow through where now it's kind of teetering towards something that might be obsessive or toxic because your workout still counts whether you have your Apple watch on or not. So that could be something to, you know, just, just keep checking. Another example is if maybe you're in your PMS phase or your luteal phase of your menstrual cycle, or if you're just really burnt out, you know, some week and and you're tired and you still force yourself to do a HIIT workout, a high intensity workout where really your body wasn't up to that, but you forced yourself to do it anyway. It's like, "Mm, was that the best choice? Was that the most rejuvenating choice? But you felt like, oh, I need to, I needed to follow through on this commitment to yourself. And you were so rigid in, in your ways and and your commitment that you didn't leave any room for flexibility and didn't leave any room for meeting yourself where you are. Because a lot of people think, oh, if I deviate from the plan, that means I'm failing. It's like, no, you, you have to meet yourself where you're, you have to be flexible. You can still follow through on your commitments to yourself and be a disciplined person while giving yourself grace. And that's not something to feel guilty about. And I feel like over the years, I've really mastered that balance. How do I follow through on my commitments without taking it to the nth degree where it is obsessive, where it is unhealthy, where it's just too much and it ends up being a toxic relationship with something that started out very innocently. I'm doing this to better myself and my health. And it's supposed to be a positive change, but now I've kind of made it negative in this all or nothing mindset. But how do we navigate that where we're giving ourselves too much slack, where we're not really following through um, and we're not doing things and doing anything for our health when we're not feeling motivated and we're only doing stuff when we feel like it. Because y'all, I'll be honest, like we don't always feel like it. And to be successful in life, to sustain a healthy lifestyle, to keep that momentum going over the years, we have to do stuff when we don't always feel like it. And sometimes we have to do the harder thing when, of course, we want to do the easier thing, right? We, we don't always want to step up for the challenge, but sometimes that's what, that's what we really need to get ourselves to the next level to be about being better. So navigating that balance really stems from checking in with yourself, increasing what they call interceptive awareness. And this is something that I'll be talking a lot about in our intuitive eating episodes, because increasing your interceptive awareness will allow you to be more in tune with your body's hunger and fullness cues, and just yourself in general, so that you can trust yourself as your best compass to navigate your eating and what's worth it to you and what's not. And when you've had too much and when do you really want something? And so you can translate that interceptive awareness that, you know, being in tune with yourself to other areas of your life as well, not just your eating, but that can also work for other goals. Am I taking this too far? Is this a healthy pattern? Is this healthy discipline or is this kind of a toxic pattern? Something that's a little bit too obsessive? Am I taking this too far? 
Am I not allowing myself any slack or any grace? And if I did allow myself some grace, would that benefit me so that I can slow down in order to speed up, to get myself to the next level? Am I pushing myself too hard where now I'm burning myself out where really I need to just take a step back so I can rejuvenate, recharge, get myself out there, right? I don't know if any of y'all are into car racing, NASCAR F1, but my brother has been like obsessed with it lately. So I feel like I've just been surrounded by that a lot this summer. And I don't know, everyone just got like obsessed with car racing all of a sudden. I'm like, all right, we need to like simmer down. But, you know, all of those cars have to go to the pit at some point. They, they have to recharge. They got to change out their wheels. They, they have to check in on themselves so that they can then speed up and keep going. And you'll notice that in order to win the race, you have to stop in the pit. You have to slow down for a second. If they just kept going, 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 number one, I don't even know if they're like allowed to keep going. Like, I think you, it's mandated. Like, I think you have to stop in the pit, but um, you're not able to win if you're not allowing yourself to slow down. Let's recheck, let's regroup, let's get back out there so we can get it back out there stronger. A lot of people feel guilty about allowing themselves to slow down, even though it's necessary for the longevity of your success. So that's what we're going to talk about. We'll have episodes on self-care as well, because I think that's so necessary. It's like, what do we do when we're, when we're caring for ourselves? But today we'll talk about when we're too much in a funk, how do we get ourselves to be more motivated? How do we, you know, get, get, get ourselves moving and people lose motivation for a variety of reasons. So just recognize that. And I'm going to give several tips and not all of them might speak to you right now. It might just be one of them because there's multiple reasons why people lose motivation. So if there's a reason why you lost motivation, it'll be a different antidote. How do we get your motivation back? Right? So, so just listen to all of the tips and then see which one will work for you. And because it's normal for us to wax and wane in motivation, you might need one tip now, but three months down the road, four years down the road, you might need to take another tool out of your toolbox, another tip from this episode and try that out to increase your motivation. So you might not need it now, but you might need it later. The first exercise and the first tip that I have for increasing motivation is to reconnect with your why. A lot of people don't feel motivated to do the small healthy habits for their health because they don't see how doing those small daily action steps fits into the larger picture. So if you zoom out a little bit, see what the bigger picture is, see where you're trying to go, your larger vision, mission, purpose, then it's easier for you to zoom in and be like, okay, here are the daily action steps that I need to do to become the person that I need to become or to have the energy that I need to have in order to contribute positively or move the needle towards the, my vision, mission, and purpose. But if you don't have that, it's very hard to like see why it's important for you to move your body in a way that feels good or to prioritize meal prepping. It's very easy to fall into just doing other things or, or numbing out our short-term pleasures and not doing the, the things that will propel you to where you want to go. This is a journaling exercise. So definitely do this after the episode um, on your own time or pause the episode now if you want to do this. But this journaling exercise will help you reconnect 
with your why. And I first heard about this exercise from Dean Graziosi. He is a personal development guru, like best friend of Tony Robbins. He he's one of my favorites. And this exercise is something that he calls the seven layers deep exercise. So you're going to start with your goal. Like at the top of your paper, you're going to write what your goal is. Maybe that goal is I want to exercise more. I want to exercise three times a week, whatever it is, write down your goal. And then you're going to ask yourself, why, why is that goal important to you? You write down, okay, I want to exercise more so that I can feel more energized. And with each time I'm going to ask you why, because I'm going to ask you seven times, we're going to get seven layers deep, seven degrees of separation away from your original goal. Each time I'm going to ask you, I want you to write down what intuitively comes to you. I don't want you to think too much. It's like whatever answer comes first, that's the right answer. You shouldn't have to think about it too much. So it should be a pretty quick exercise getting from one why to the next. And the first couple whys will be surface level. Once we get to why number four, you'll start to get a little bit more of an emotional connection to the why, but then seven is like, whoa, that's the real why. So you might say, okay, I want to exercise. You know, why is that important to you? Well, I want to be more energized. Okay. Well, why is being energized more important to you? Why is it important that you show up energized to work? Cause I want to be more productive. Why do you want to be more productive at work? Well, I'm trying to go for a promotion. I'm trying to get a raise. Okay. Why do you want a promotion and a raise? Why do you want to make, well, because I want to make more money. Why do you want to make more money? Cause I'm saving up for something. Okay. Why is it important for you to save up for this thing? Well, I'm trying to save up for a house or a family or a vacation or something for my kids. I'm trying to, you know, build generational wealth for my kids. Why is it important that you save that money for your future generation and, and your kids? Well, I'm trying to provide my children with the life that, that I wasn't able to be provided. Whoa, that's huge. That is so much different than, oh, I'm just exercising to feel a little energized, right? Or, or oh, I'm just trying to exercise to like lose weight, right? Like, this is so much more meaningful. And this is going to keep you showing up for yourself time and time again, even on the days that you don't feel particularly motivated because you just zoomed out, whoa, this isn't about me. This is for them. This is, I need to prioritize getting myself right so I can show up to my job right to get myself to move to the needle so that I can eventually provide for my future kids. So getting it all out on paper makes it easier for you to see me exercising is so much more than just me exercising and checking a box. It will have a positive ripple effect and actually help me to move the needle in my life. That gets you automatically so much more motivated to do the small things that you need to do each day. And it will get you more emotionally connected to your goal. It's not just about exercise anymore. You see the possibility of how your life can possibly change and be better by you following through on this goal. It's not about you. It ends up being about your kids, right? In that example. And that's a real example from when I did this exercise in a coaching call with a client a couple of years ago. And I use that. And some of you that have gone through my free challenge, I always come back to that example because I think it was just so, so powerful. And to see her face change on the coaching call to be like, oh, wow, I'm so excited to exercise tomorrow because I, 
I have that fire back in my belly. It's not about me just get checking a box. She was really struggling to get up in the morning. And we had talked like, oh, is this like an evening routine issue? Or do we like need to move your phone away from the bed so that it's easier for you to get up in the morning and not keep pressing snooze? And it was like, we tried some of those surface level routine things, which can help a lot. But for her, she needed to reconnect deeper. She needed to see why, like, it wasn't that hard for her to get up in the morning. She knew that she needed to do it, but um, she needed a better reason to do it. So that was really interesting. Um, and, And from then on, she was able to really motivate herself and was way more consistent with her workouts. And she brought a different energy to her workouts. She wasn't just checking the box and showing up and kind of going through the motions. She was more intentional with her movement. She said she was able to slow down. And there were even some days she didn't even have to like listen to music. She was just so focused on her workout and in tune with her body and enjoying exercise and wanted to really wring the towel out of that experience every time she showed up to a workout because she's like, she, she was like, I wanted to get the best workout that I could possibly get because I now saw the ripple effect. I'm like, oh, like that was so good. So definitely do that exercise. That would be my first tip for you to reconnect with your wife, zoom out and see the ripple effect and the larger vision, mission, purpose. And that will motivate you to do the small healthy habits every single day. The next thing is you want to make the goal easier for yourself. You want to bring the barrier for entry down. Some people set a goal and it's just not realistic and they're not going to follow through. They're not motivated because it just seems too hard or it's there's, they haven't thought through all of the steps that need to happen. They're focused on like, okay, well, I just need to go to the gym. It's like, well, how many other things need to happen? How many other decisions do you have to make to make it possible for you to very easily and seamlessly follow through with going to the gym, right? You need to figure out what time am I going to go? If I have to commute somewhere, how long is that going to take? So what time do I need to leave? Then what time do I need to get up? What am I going to wear? What workout am I going to do? Um, what am I going to eat before? Like there's so many, so many different decisions and steps. So it's like, how do we make the goal easier? Right. And if you're thinking, oh, I don't want to work out for a whole hour. It's like, well, maybe making the goal easier is like, okay, I don't need to give myself the pressure of working out for an hour. Let's just start with 10 or 20 minutes. And maybe you're not feeling motivated to go all the way to the gym, but it seems easier to just do a home workout or a walk around the block. Right. So you got to take your goal and figure out how can I make this easier? How can I make it? So I'm making more decisions beforehand to make it easier for myself, or I'm just starting from the first step. How can I make it easier for myself to follow through where I look at my goal and I'm like, yes, I will very easily follow through on that. Um, and it's important for you when you're not feeling motivated and you're basically doing nothing. And that might be you right now. It's like, you might not have done anything for your health in a while. And you just need to, to follow through on, on something. It's like something is better than nothing. And you'll realize that when you follow through on just doing something, it's like, eventually you want to work up to maybe doing an hour long workout or a 45 minute workout, but right now you're doing nothing. So going from zero to 100 real quick is it's very jarring. And you're likely not going to be able to sustain that very long. So could you just start with five minutes? Could you just start with an at-home 
workout where you don't have to commute yet? Like, how do you make it so easy for yourself to follow through? Because then you'll get in the habit of following through and building trust back with yourself. And that will start allowing you to build more momentum in your life. And then once you build more momentum, then you'll be able to add on to the goal, but you've proven to yourself that you can do it. You've shown yourself, I can set a goal and follow through on that commitment to myself. So how can we make it so easy for you to win and succeed and just do something? And then you can build off of that and make the goal more challenging and bigger. The other thing is that um, you might need to take a break. You might need to prioritize self-care. A lot of people don't feel motivated because they're burnt out. So you have to remember, we talked about this in previous episodes, something I always come back to with my clients and I'll keep coming back to in different episodes. The missus comes first, MRS, me first, responsibility second, serving others third. You have to care for yourself so that you can pour into your roles and responsibilities and the people that you need to serve. And you can't pour from an empty pitcher and you slowing down to give yourself a break. Like that F1 NASCAR racing example, you have to stop in the pit to regroup, rejuvenate so that you can show up stronger to the other things that you need to do and you need to show up for. So you, you might need to reconnect with your why absolutely do the seven layers deep exercise. You might need to make the barrier for entry for your goal smaller, break it down. What's the first step, but you also might need to just not tackle goals for a little bit and just give yourself a break, really rejuvenate, have a vacation, unplug so that you can regroup and then have the energy to focus on another goal. Another thing that I'll say is that, you know, those tips will really help you if you are in a rut right now and you need to get that motivation, that fire, that momentum back. But what do you do if you've already gotten in a groove and you're already doing healthy habits? I know we have listeners kind of all over the spectrum as far as their healthy lifestyle. We have some people that have been through our programs, multiple of our programs, and have even learned how to develop that sustainable, healthy lifestyle, but they still naturally go through dips in motivation and things wax and wane. And you might yourself, maybe not even going through our programs have a baseline and a foundation for healthy habits, but what do you do when things get bored? One of my favorite books is Atomic Habits by James Clear. And he talks about this and I'm just going to read a little bit from his book because he just words it so, so well. So if you're following along, if you have his book, this is on page 234. But he says, people talk about getting quote unquote amped up to work on their goals, whether it's business or sports or art. You hear people say things like it all comes down to passion or you have to really want it. And as a result, many of us get depressed when we lose focus or motivation because we think that successful people just have bottomless reserve of passion. But really successful people feel the same lack of motivation as everyone else. The difference is that they still find a way to show up despite feelings of boredom. So then he goes on to say that the greatest threat to success is not failure, but boredom. We get bored with habits because they stop delighting us. The outcome becomes expected and our habits become ordinary. We start derailing our progress to seek novelty. Ah. 
So that is just so, so good and so true that we, we get bored with things because things come routine. And it's so funny because I'll have people say to me like, oh, why do you want to join our programs? Why do you want to better, better your health now? Like, why is now the best time for you? And they're like, I just need habits. I need things to become routine. I don't want to spend so much time thinking about my health. I just need to streamline all of this and kind of create more mental real estate and more mental space in my head so I can focus on other things. So I definitely can do that for people and get them to streamline their healthy habits. But eventually you will start to seek novelty and start to either lose motivation or feel motivation to totally change course. And you don't always need to completely change things and radically change what you're doing for your health when you're not motivated. And this is where diet culture likes to sneak in when you're not feeling motivated. And maybe you haven't been prioritizing your health sneaks in like, oh, like do this new health kick or completely change how you're eating. And this will be the way that you sustain motivation. It's like, no, you might not need to radically change how you're eating or what you're doing, uh, but you might just be seeking novelty. So if you already have established routines and you're not really feeling motivated to follow through, ask yourself, how can I play a little bit more with this? How can I show up for these seemingly mundane tasks in a fun way? How can I make this more enjoyable? Like if you're meal prepping, how can you make that experience more fun? Maybe you want to gamify it and try and time yourself and try and beat your last time to streamline things or add a different recipe in there. Don't just make chicken and rice all the time. Or maybe you want to listen to a podcast or some music and start dancing in your kitchen, right? Like trying to make it a more fun experience or invite someone to cook with you, a significant other or a friend or a family member to make that experience more fun. Same thing with exercise. Maybe you need to stop working out at home alone and actually go to a gym to be around other people or go to a class. So you might need some external um, accountability or just some way to like zhuzh things up. Maybe you just need to go to a dance class and try a different type of movement and that could be fun. So you want to think about, okay, how could I bring more novelty to, to this and how could I just play a little bit more with the things that are already in my routine and maybe without drastically changing things. And maybe you're thinking like, okay, going to a dance class would totally radically change things. But instead of listening to podcasts, maybe I'll listen to some music during my workout so that I can, or listen to a new playlist or some new songs so that I can change things up while still keeping and adding some novelty without totally having to change my routine because I'm already in the habit of doing this. And maybe it's just as simple as like getting a new workout set or getting a new water bottle or wearing your hair in a different way. I don't know. Um, so there's ways to definitely add novelty and play around by changing things slightly while still keeping the foundation for your routine. But even if you don't change anything at all and you just keep meal prepping, keep doing the same routine, keep doing things the same way, you can still follow through and mitigate boredom. So you're still following through. You might not feel totally motivated. And like James Clear said in his book, quote unquote, amped up, you might not feel amped up and energized to follow through all the time, but you still follow through anyway. If you bring attention to what you're doing, routines, they become just that. They become routine. They become automatic where you don't even think about it. But and that's where it can be a slippery slope where we then get bored and we search for novelty and we just jump ship to do something else. But if you can just bring some awareness, some intention to what you're doing, 
you will still follow through on that seemingly mundane routine task, but you'll be present in the moment while you're doing it, which makes it inherently less boring and less automatic. And you'll be less likely to jump ship to try something new because you already figured out what is working for you. You just need to keep doing it. So bringing attention to it, being mindful. And that's a skill to learn how to be mindful. It, it's a skill to, to build up, but it all ties into increasing your interceptive awareness. And this is something that we work on with clients. And we work on it a lot through the lens of either meditation, through journaling, or intuitive eating. And you can translate those skills and be learning how to be more in tune with yourself to other areas of your life, specifically with your habits and your habit consistency. So that's what we have today, how to stay more motivated. I hope these tips are helpful for you. Let me know on Instagram. Let us know in the Facebook group, which tips you found the most helpful. And if you are feeling more motivated, I'd love to hear what your why is. If you do that seven layers deep, why exercise? Oh, y'all, thank you all so much for listening. And I will see you in the next episode. Hey y'all, thanks again for listening to the Be About Being Better podcast. I so appreciate you. If this episode made you laugh, smile, think about yourself or your life differently, in any way making your life better, I empower you to share the show with three people who, just like you, need to hear this message and have this type of transformation in their lives. I personally read all the reviews of the show and see the Instagram story shares and honestly gives me so much joy to see that our mission is making people's lives better and the reviews really do help in increasing our impact so thank you so much for taking the time to do that if you need personalized support with anything discussed in today's episode or need help creating a sustainable diet-free lifestyle take my quiz it's linked below in the show notes and that quiz will help you see which one of our coaching programs is right for you thank you so much again for listening and here's to being about being better